This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Abner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy AG1 or a Mint Mobile and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein. Unfortunately, it is time for another Hard Truth Monday. Little reality check for this Los Angeles Chargers fan base. We had been talking over these past two weeks about how there was a lot to build upon leading into this game. Once again, Chargers having another opportunity as they as they welcome the Detroit Lions into Los Angeles. Another opportunity for them to prove that they can get a quality win over a quality opponent. And unfortunately, at the worst possible time, the things that we were lauding the Chargers over over the last two weeks against the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets and their defensive performance and things that they needed to get right and hopefully take from those games and build upon them to bring into this matchup against Detroit, unfortunately, just none of it showed up. Chargers fall 41-38, to falling to 4-5 and on the season. The Chargers have now lost... Four games against perennial playoff contenders are 0-4 against the Miami Dolphins, Dallas Cowboys, Kansas City Chiefs, and now the Detroit Lions, and now enter one of the tougher phases of their schedule coming up with their playoff hopes seemingly hanging in the balance. Dan Wolkenstein's silence says it all. Spoiler alert, this one will not be pleasant. (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to be silent. Uh, I have that feeling right now, Jake, where I'm forgetting that to even put the mic in front of me. That's how upset I am right now. I have a feeling like sometimes when I'm the most upset, I'm like quiet. And like one thing will just set me off. And uh, kind of at that point, you and I are going into this episode completely cold. We have no agenda. We haven't discussed a topics list for today, and I don't necessarily even think we need to. This Chargers team is so incredibly frustrating to watch at times. And for as good as they can be, their facts are they can be equally as bad. And what you saw from that Chargers defense yesterday was just sad. And it was disheartening. Um, And I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold this back, honestly, because I'm fuming inside. And I'm still trying to understand why and how this shit keeps happening. (laughs) What the hell? Like, what planet are we on when it just feels like every time the Chargers are in a game, you can write the script. Chargers go up against juggernaut, great team X. Doesn't matter. Chargers 
hang toe to toe, blow for blow, lose in heartbreaking fashion. And I can recall the Browns game a couple years ago when they overcame one like that. Remember the I Bengals gen- game? Same year, I believe. Bengals, same situation. That turned into a shootout, and the Chargers ended up overcoming it. They well, they blitzed that one ahead of time. They they the one in Cincinnati. Um, mm-hmm. This year, you mentioned it. Kansas City, Dallas, Miami, Detroit. Anytime this Chargers team goes up against a quality team on both sides of the ball, they just get rocked. And Justin Herbert tried, attempted to be a god and will this team to victory. It wasn't enough, and it was too late. And that sucks to say for a quarterback who went 27 for 40, over 300 yards, four touchdowns, and was absolutely on fire in the second half. But when your defense is that bad, and credit to Detroit, Detroit was in their bag, play calling, prowess, adjustments, creativity, player performance, execution, you name it. Like Detroit was on fire. The Chargers defense was just Swiss cheese. And I don't even know where to start because they lost in every facet. Like you can point to, oh, you know, their fourth down, that was a big one. Like when it mattered most, they gave those up. And that's true which we'll get into all that. You can say, oh, they gave, you know, they gave up the explosive plays. Also true. They lost it on the ground. They lost on the run. They lost in pass. They lost deep. They lost short. They lost in zone. They lost in man. They lost everywhere. And Khalil Mack was, a conf- was confused. I know this team is working hard, but Jake, one thing that I think is a theme for me for this defense right now, at least when they go up against good teams. There's a difference between working hard and working smart. And I believe this team is working their ass off, but I don't think they're doing it in the right ways. And it is infuriating to watch another performance by one side of the ball completely wasted. I don't like I, I this is like this is like the most calm that I've been. You and I have talked a little bit be- between the loss and now. I'm restraining myself right now and I don't know how long it's going to last so, so bear with us. <laughs> Welcome to Chargers Unleashed, also known as therapy for the unfortunate Chargers fan. Dan 13 times since Justin Herbert has been the quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. This team has lost by three points. 13 times that has taken place since Justin Herbert has been the quarterback. This stat, Dan, this one's really going to blow your socks off. The last time a offense put up the last time an offense scored on their final five drives and lost was 12 years ago. That same stat happened to the Buffalo Bills against the then Oakland Raiders, and they lost by the same margin that the Chargers did by three. After scoring 
on their final five drives, five touchdowns. I don't even know if the Chargers defense set foot on the field. To be perfectly honest, it would have probably been been more convincing if the Lions were back there and that there was there was nobody on the opposite side of the field. Because that is truly what it felt like. For the things that this Chargers defense had done well over the last couple of weeks, the one thing that we had not seen of them was completely no-show for four quarters. You've seen that happen to where they've given up a shred of points in the first half and then been able to make some adjustments, tighten up the screws, and lower the offensive output in other games. Flip-flop it, however you want to see it. I guess you could say the Miami game was probably the most similar to this as far as a back-and-forth shootout. Yes. But a game like this, Dan, where Justin Herbert in his first few opening drives looked bad, had an interception. I think he totaled only 43 yards. After that, it's like Mjolnir just came into his hand and he could not be stopped. First four possessions for this offense in no particular order. Punt, punt, field goal, interception. Defense still didn't do you any favors because they put you in a hole. The run defense, which had been good for the Chargers in several weeks this season. 200 yards rushing allowed. 200 yards rushing allowed. Jameer Gibbs had scored twice in the first half. David Montgomery rips off a 75-yard touchdown run. Untouched. Up the middle. And go look at the hustle from those Lions players, making sure that that ends up in six points. Jake, they had 333 yards passing and 200 yards rushing. Here's a crazy stat for you, Jake. The Lions offense went four for 13 on third down. That's just like a 31%. Not good because they didn't have to. (laughs) It didn't matter. They're blowing the charges up on first and second down, blowing them up on fourth down. And it felt like all of the times they did convert on third down were the ones that mattered most and were backbreakers. And then when they didn't, i.e. end of the game, third and 14, you're like, oh my gosh, they could do this, guys. They could do this. Nope, off-man coverage. St. Brown on Jazeer Taylor, I believe. Gets it down to fourth and two. Rest is history. Then you're seeing Eric Hendricks and... <laughs> Kenneth Murray, who... Probably worst game of Kenneth Murray's year so far. At least in coverage, for sure. Tackling was okay, but he was run out of a lot of plays. The Chargers did all they could on offense. And it sucks because we're sitting here after Khalil. Khalil. I wish I could say Khalil back. After Keenan Allen has another insane game. What do you have? 11 receptions, 175 yards, and two touchdowns. The guy was on fire. Quentin Johnston gets in the end zone. Massive completion on that scramble by Justin Herbert. Offensive line, zero sacks allowed. Not talking about that. We don't get to talk about that. At the end of the day, like this is a this is a season in which you and I have talked about it a lot, Jake, is this idea of like complimentary football. And, and you can extrapolate that in many ways. You can talk about that like 
game to game. You could talk about that offense to defense. You could talk about that like half to half. We've yet to see this team play well together. Period. We have not seen this offensive defense play well together once this season. Once. Find me a game where they played well together. I'll wait. Won't find it this year. That's for sure. Uh, Dan, to go... For Justin Herbert to do what he did to will this team back, obviously the Chargers were chasing a lead most of the time anyways, but he was still able to bring this team back and to tie it three separate times. And the Chargers outside of the goal line stand that they made early in the game and the first drive of the Detroit Lions in the second half, this team couldn't buy a stop. Ben Johnston and Dan Campbell knew exactly what they were going to do off of their bye week and how they were going to attack this Chargers defense. They attacked them over the middle. They did it early and often. The running game, that offensive line, the Chargers got owned in the trenches. Absolutely destroyed. That dictated the pace for the remainder of the game. As you mentioned, Jared Goff did not get touched. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Thule, they couldn't even sniff Jared Goff's farts. They weren't even that close. And to have the effort essentially wasted on the back of Justin Herbert's best game that he's had this season, even with an interception. One of the better games that Austin Eckler has had since that first game performance in Miami. Keenan Allen, as you mentioned, he had 175 and two touchdowns. Literally was the offense, the the only thing that really kept them going. Quentin Johnston finally getting in the end zone, even though that he contributed to that drive on three separate PI <laughs> calls contributing to it. Jalen Guyton finally getting involved and getting his first touchdown of the season. That was the offense that we all figured. Finally. That, finally. that when Mike Williams got went down, that you were going to find the entirety of the field. The one thing that we have been asking for for weeks, and you finally found it. You finally found it. And every single time that you found it and every single time that Justin Herbert was able to bring this team back into the game, your defense failed you. Failed you. And in just the most disappointing type of fashion. Because outside of what Amon Ross St. Brown did, we know the Chargers record against number one receivers, and that is not pretty this year. (laughs) How? How? How they let Amon Ross St. Brown... Just go off like that. And I know like Mike Davis didn't suit up much. And I think that hurt. But still. Ben Johnston. I felt like that game was Ben Johnston's job interview for head coaching positions next year, because that was masterclass to show how you get multiple players involved, how you move the ball downfield, how you put points in the end zone, how you use the entirety of the field, and then how you can come back with counterpunch after counterpunch after counterpunch to a defense that even when they can't stop you, you're still going to give them different looks. You're not going to keep doing the same thing offensively. That was a masterclass job. He and Kellen Moore. By, by Ben Johnson. In he that and game. Kellen Moore both looked 
fantastic. I, I mean, again, Chargers offense looked horrendous to start that game. Horrendous to start. And the fact that they scored 38 points after only scoring their first touchdown with three minutes left in the first half is insane and shows just how insane Justin Herbert was the last 33 minutes of that game. But like, that was a joke. That is a joke of a defensive performance. And look, Brandon Staley, that was a bad job by Brandon Staley. You can't, you can't say otherwise. You, you can't. The defense got sliced all day long. Sure, there was a second half stop to start the second half. There was a turnover on downs. They got a field goal. They're forced a field goal. But otherwise, that defense made it look so easy for this Lions offense. And I get it. The Lions have a balanced offense, which we talked about. This wasn't going to be easy. They're good on run and pass. Offensive line is amazing. But at some point, like, you guys got players on defense. Your defensive players, what did they what did they do? Go look at the stat sheet. I'm just like, what do they do? Derwin James, 13 tackles. Cool. Not usually the best stat that you want to see for your safety. Alohi Gilman and Derwin James were the two leading tackles on this team. Definitely Alohi, not a good stat that you want. Alohi Gilman did not look great. Sacks. I'm going down the whole board, Jake. I see zeros all the way down. Pressures, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and Tulu Pelotu. Five total pressures. Five. I didn't see Goff on the ground more than maybe once, twice, after the ball was completed, obviously. Secondary getting shredded. They're biting on play action passes like it's nobody's job. Like, what are we doing? Go back to that last possession, the last series on the Lions offense. First to give up whatever 40 to Amon Ross 8 Brown to start off cool. Then on you get that play action pass, I believe it was. Everybody bites. Cool. Third and 14. Becomes fourth and two. Fourth and two becomes game. Charges the defense gives up four of five fourth down conversions. The Chargers tried their best to will this team back, and they did. Offensively. Offensively. And again, credit to Kellen Moore. Credit to all of them. What do you like? What do you think that locker room is like after a game like that? Like genuinely. Like, like, let's talk about this for a second. Like that, let's okay, let's let's uh let's role play here. I'm gonna be the offense. Or no, I'll be the defense. I'll be the defense, Jake. We're in the locker room. Let's say you're Keenan Allen. Okay. And let's say I'm Derwin. What's that conversation like? You come up to me. I mean, we kind of know this already, Dan, from the comments that we heard from Derwin James after the game. He and I'm sure the rest of the defensive players went up to the offense and said, that's on us. We let you guys down. You know, just paraphrasing here. That's but not he enough. Actually, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. not enough. Like what? What are we doing? Sebastian Joseph Day made his comments felt on how the run game failed. 
how their run performance that he has always been bullish on about how it has succeeded in recent weeks. And the one thing, one defensive stat that the Chargers could actually hang their hat on, that chose a great time Out the to fail for them. Pass-wise, pass <laughs> the explosive plays came in bunches in this game. But the Chargers had kind of, you know, go more to this soft zone coverage. That's Brandon Staley's scheme to keep those type of things from happening. That didn't matter. That didn't matter. There was eight times where the Detroit Lions had plays go over 20 yards in this game. Eight times. That doesn't work. Dan, this is a collective defensive failure from player and coach alike. It's really hard to look at this team and try to sugarcoat things and try to sit here I did a spaces last night after the game for a short period of time. One of the questions that was in there was how much confidence do you have in this chargers team to make the playoffs? And last night I answered it with 25%. And now sitting here, I think that that may actually be too generous. Looking at who the chargers have left to play and also given who, given what they have proven I don't think the Chargers make the playoffs this year. I don't think they have a shot. And I say that for a multitude of different reasons. One, because they haven't proven that they can beat a contender, and you have three more of those on your schedule. Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore. I don't see the Chargers winning any of those games as it stands today with the team that we have watched. Also, I'll give give you this. It's hard to expect that they win those. Also, the AFC North division right now is bonkers. All four of those teams in that division are vying for playoff contention as it stands right now. You have Houston and Jacksonville, the two teams in, in that division. You, The Chargers are on the outside looking in right now. Currently sit with five losses in that column. They have three they, left. They have they three go left. To, they go to Green Bay this week. New England, which despite what you want to say about how inept they look offensively, (laughs) Bill Belichick knows how to coach against the Chargers. I don't even feel confident enough to say that they could go into New England and get that win. Okay, real quick. Here here are the remaining games. Okay? Four and five, I think at minimum, they got to get to nine and eight. Would you agree? I don't even know if that works. Let's just say nine and eight. Let's just say nine and eight. That's probably it. If you got to nine and eight, you would definitely need help from somebody sure. else getting on a losing streak in order to make the playoffs. Sorry, if you just he, went but, nine and eight that's with how no help, you're not making it. Yeah, that's how perilous is right now. At not, they got to get to five more wins to get to nine and eight. Let's go through this. Packers. I think they can win that one. That's one. Ravens. Tough. Don't like they nope. could sure, but nope. is it likely? No. Nope. Patriots. I I can't even feel confident with that. I think a half like they should win, but it's in New England. No, I don't feel confident about that at all. Okay. Broncos. Traditionally, the Chargers have split with the Broncos over the last couple of years. So they're they, they have yet. They, they have yet to play the Broncos. And remember, this is Sean Payton who's led them. And Russell Wilson has looked better. Not great, but better. He's not been one of those biggest problems. But again, the Chargers have lost against Broncos teams with less talent than what the Broncos have right now. So, right, so if they split, 
They say I would say those? I would say split. They go one and one with them. Okay, so the Packers one. You got Broncos two, Raiders. That's another team that you traditionally split with. Antonio Pierce apparently has them reinvigorated right now ever since they let Josh Daniels go. Bills. No. Broncos, you said that second one's a loss. Chiefs. No. So you got them at 7 and 10, 8 and 9, basically. Yeah. And this is, again, this is based off what we've seen thus far. Chargers pulled that one out yesterday, even with as bad of a defensive performance as that was. If they somehow found a way to get that victory, I would have more confidence that they could go in and Fair. if you could, you could take two out of those three big time games between Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City. I personally think that that's exactly what you would need to do in order to have any hope at making the playoffs if you took two out of those three. But I don't see them doing that, Dan simply for the fundamental reasons of, A, they haven't proven that against a contending playoff team this year, and B, complementary football is a foreign language to this okay. team. Okay, let's talk, let's talk like specifics and facts. Because I, I think perspective is good. I think a lot of like nuance and stuff and all that's good and projecting and all that stuff. But like, if we are speaking in factual language right now, this Chargers team is four and five and currently a below average team. Facts. They've lost four games by three points or less. Facts against good teams. They have a worse record than what many would consider worse teams than the Chargers. Like, go look at Kenny Pickett and the Steelers, go look at Minnesota and Josh Dobbs, and no Justin Jefferson. Go look at the Raiders. I can go on. Why is this team, again, factually, four and five? You can point to all the terrible defensive statistics, and I would lump that into factually... Discharge's defense gets absolutely shredded by quality offenses. So far this season, fact. One exception maybe would be Dallas. They probably they put up a pretty good fight there. Otherwise, shredded. Miami, shredded. Minnesota, shredded. Kansas City, shredded. Detroit, shredded. Why else are they four and five? If you, if you were to put it to me like this and just ask the question, who are the Los Angeles Chargers? Let's just cut it down to the bone. I would say that the Los Angeles Chargers are a team with a good quarterback. And they have proven that they are good enough to compete with the mid to below average teams in this league. Okay. Those reasons being because of lack of complimentary football, execution, and coaching. Those three things have been the biggest issues for the Chargers the entirety of this season. And as Dan mentioned, against the contenders, defensively, they get shredded. 
or offensively, they stumble. They can't find their way. They can't keep up with an opposing team putting up points in four quarters of the game. They have not been able to find that recipe to equate winning football on consecutive weeks. And this has been this team's downfall and the same thing that we get to hear about. And I swear, you could probably have just taken Dan and I from an episode of Chargers Unleashed two years ago and replay it. And you wouldn't even know what week or year we're talking about. But we would be saying the exact same things that we are saying today. And it is unfortunate from the standpoint that we are now in year three of the Brandon Staley, Justin Herbert era. And these are the same problems that this team was having in 2021 and at times 2022. In reality, these same issues have plagued the last three Chargers head coaches. Brandon Staley, Anthony Lynn, Mike McCoy, those were problems that all three of them have had to deal with. So what's the problem? Like fundamentally. You guess as good as mine, Dan. Honestly, I, like, I tried to lay it out to those three things. <laughs> and, and as simple as they sound, for some reason, the Chargers either just aren't able to bring any of those three, maybe one of those three, two of those three, but it doesn't matter because they don't have any of the three consistently going for them. I mean, make no mistake about it. Make no mistake. And I will not mince words. Chargers coaching has not been good enough. On defense, we've talked about how much they've gotten shredded by good offenses. Poor offenses, poor quarterbacks, average offenses, they've been able to hold their own for the most part and dominate a few of them. Cool. Tip your cap to that. Awesome. Offense. What has Kellen Moore been doing the last five weeks? When you see an offensive performance like this against Detroit and you go back and look at what they did against Dallas, against Tennessee, against Kansas City, against the Chicago Bears. You, you Maybe you take away the Jets stuff because how good... Sure, fine. It's been five weeks. I would, I would say since Miami, this offense has kind of been reeling, other than maybe Minnesota, and that was kind of a track meet, but whatever. Special teams is probably the one side that has largely been good all year. And even that, in the Kansas City game, gave up like a 50-yard return at the very end of the game that basically sealed it. Players haven't executed, especially on defense, but hell, on offense too. Both sides of the ball, again, if you extrapolate out to the season, have not lived up to the hype. There have been spurts, sure. But if you're being honest... Both sides have not lived up. Now, has the offense been as bad as the defense? Obviously not. The defense is far larger the problem. We've all, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. It's just frustrating, man. It's just frustrating because you and I, we've been doing this, what? This is now our fourth year. We've been doing this. We know the talent. We think we know the talent. But there is just something that does not connect when you get to situations that matter most. Like in the gotta have it moments yesterday, 
on defense. They got none of them in the second half. Hell, in this last three quarters. Other than there was one fourth, there's one fourth down stop and one forced punt. Two drives that stopped. Otherwise, they got whooped. And it's it leaves you wondering what will fix this. Like, do you think that Braden Staley could save the season by relinquishing play calling? Like, would that put a fire? Would that light something? Do you think it would work? Would you try it? Don't know, but at this point, what do you have to lose? At if this you were point, him, what do you have to lose? Like, I, if you were I don't... Personally, I don't think that he would. If I'm if I'm looking at this straight, given what we know from Brandon Staley, I don't think that he will. Why? It's just the way that he coaches. You think it's a pride thing? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just the way that he coaches, and I don't think that I don't think that you're going to see a change in that all of a sudden after ten weeks of the season. But something needs to change from coaching, from game preparation to overall execution. Something needs to change. How is it this hard to find complementary football? Now, again, I'm not talking about every single drive that your offense scores that your defense has to stop them. Obviously, you're not, that's not realistic. You're not going to be able to do that. Hell, the Detroit Lions, you go and read any of their fan base, they're not shying away from it. They know exactly what Justin Herbert did to their defense. They're not proud of it, but their offense did enough, and their offense did more to ultimately win. They've proven that they can do that this season. They started off with a win against the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a good football team over there. Dan Campbell, uh, who I have lauded on this show, talked about him a lot last week as being just a difference maker as it came into this game. He has lit a fire into that team and has completely changed the narrative of this ain't your daddy's Detroit Lions anymore. Pardon me. Why you fix that? Why you fix that? Just just to kind of... Listen to these drives by the Detroit Lions, Jake. Last, so this is yesterday. I'm going to go from beginning to end. I'm going to let this thing roll. First drive, seven plays, 61 yards, field goal. Second drive, oh, just five plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Next one, 12 plays, 32 yards. This is after the interception. They were held on fourth and goal. Didn't get it. Next series, nine plays, 60 yards, touchdown. Next series, one play, 75 yards, and 14 seconds, touchdown. Then you just had the one play to end the half, so that doesn't count. Then, coming out of the second half, charge defense does something. They go eight plays, 38 yards, a punt. You're like, oh my goodness. And even that, like they barely held them for a punt, but you called a win. Then, Two, a pair of seven-play, 75-yard touchdowns, one of which was 330. The other one was four minutes, both ending in touchdowns. Then nine plays, 53 yards, field goal to win it. <laughs> like I said, apologies for <clears throat> before. but You're dying. Uh, You're dying. Yeah, <laughs> I was essentially dying mid-soliloquy there. These are the type of wins that you're going to wins or losses that you're going to experience in the playoffs. <laughs> we did that. 
the Chargers have not proven that they can get these type of victories, even if it means ugly, even if it means the sacrifice of a defense giving up nearly 400 yards of offense and in a high score shootout, which I'm, I'm saying this from the Detroit Lions perspective here, they still found a way to win the game. Yep. That's the difference maker. And that's what would make the difference in the playoffs if the Chargers find a way to even get there, but they have not been able to do that. And the swift kick to end all of this, Jake, is when you're seeing that Ben Johnson does the same play against the Chargers that the Jaguars did to seal it in the playoffs. Damn, not, that o- run. not only that, there was there were so many subliminal FUs from <laughs> from the Detroit Lions in this game. Not only that, so let's not <laughs> let me start with the first one. Fourth and five, the first fourth down that the Lions yeah. get to go for. Fourth it. and five, and they run it. Right at the middle. The balls on Dan Campbell are literally just like to the ankles. I mean, and he gets, balls, and he gets, he gets stood up. He gets stood up by Marlowe. And then they're like, ah, we're still going to go. We're still going to get another two yards. He's got balls. He's got guts. But when a team watches that and sees that that works, like that's invigorating for a team. That's a confidence booster for that team. And that was really the early indicator that the Chargers were going to have a long day in the trenches, which they did because they got absolutely dominated. You mentioned the play that they essentially ran from the Jacksonville game last year. They just ran it the opposite way, but it was literally the same formation. Dan, let's not forget, Riley Patterson was the Jacksonville Jaguars kicker last year who sealed the Chargers' fate in that comeback loss. Oh, that's lovely. So he's now on the Detroit and kicks the last-second field goal to ultimately win the game. There were so many subliminal FUs, but it was it was more so from just the Lions putting their foot down and just saying, we're going to own these areas of the field and you're not going to be able to stop us no matter what it is that you try to do. And that's exactly what they did. And the Chargers, what I've said, Dan, in these type of certain situations, that when it has come from coaching, both offensively and defensively, because there have been moments for both of those this year, they're not ready for the counterpunch. They're not in tune to entirely adapt to what the other team is doing on both sides of the ball. In this particular case, it was four quarters worth on the defense that they were not able to find their footing at all. And in a game that, again, was wasted by the efforts of Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Jalen Guyton, Quentin Johnston, you tied this game, brought them back to tie it three separate times. And at any point of those three times, you would say as a defensive unit, it's like, okay, let's get a stop. And you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. <clears throat> These are times where, and you, and you know, you know, we're rounding out this episode, but I, I think we have tried to be as honest uh, and as critical and provide praise when warranted. It is incredibly hard to be feeling any sort of optimism after a game like that. And here's why. 
you can say, oh, hey, look, you know, they got they have a whole season ahead of them. They can still, you know, they can win out and whatever, whatever. Sure. And it's true, I guess, like anything's possible. But we're now up to week 11. And in the third year of this system, quote unquote, what makes even the optimist believe and feel confident that this team will, when they play a good team next, do something different? Like, yeah, you want to believe, hey, if you flip it, if you flip a coin 10 times, it's bound to hit tails once. It hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't. And so, and then if you fast forward, all right, so let's say they beat all the bad teams. They get to five more wins. They get in at nine and eight. Awesome. You then expect them to then turn it around in the playoffs? Like, I want to believe that. I want to be optimistic. I want to think, hey, we got it right where we want them. But there is nothing that this team, collectively, offense or defense, has shown me that makes me believe that they will get it together. Now, they could. They have the pieces. Like, they, it's obvious they have the pieces. This offense... If it could look that good for 20, for what, 33 minutes in a game, clearly it's not lack of talent. If the defense, regardless of who they're going up against, if the defense can be second in the NFL in sacks with one less game in the books, it's in there. If your special teams can look like that, your kicker has been automatic. Doesn't he? I think he has the best kicking percentage in the first two years in the history of the NFL. You've got an electric returner. You have all of those things, but the inconsistency and lack of complimentary football has plagued this team every loss. And hell, in most wins, it's plagued them. And so it sucks. Because we've talked about this. This train is going down a track. And it has two options. And the current path is going towards one that's going to have this team look very different next year. Top to bottom. Now, it can turn. They they win against Green Bay. They beat Baltimore. Different story. Dan Dan Wolkenstein and I have been doing this show now for a few years, and if you've been listening to this show, you know that Dan is very much the eternal optimist of the two of us. From what he just said right now, I feel like I have to rip a line from Star Wars to say the circle is now complete, because what Dan just said as far as what have they done to prove that they could do anything other than what they have been doing I was saying that last year when they had Joe Lombardi at the helm. What have they proven that they can do differently? And Dan's absolutely right. Because what have they done other than lose to the good teams and put up, even in wins, mediocre performances? Like I said, the Chargers are seemingly what we all have seen that they are through these first 10 weeks. 
They're a mid-tier team that is good enough to contend with the mid-tier teams and below-average teams. But, but even that, they can contend with the great teams, but they will always lose those. That was one correction that I wanted to make from Brandon Staley's post-game presser yesterday. He said that this team right now is good enough to beat anybody in the league, which I get. You're going to do the coach's rhetoric that every coach does to build confidence, build rapport, and try to subliminally flush yeah, this I believe, one. But I, I believe him there. I believe him that they are good enough to do it, but they don't. Dan, as of right now, they're good enough to contend. Yes, with exactly. Those they have proven okay. that, All that right, they yeah, can that's fair. That's fair. contend. I would slightly just modify to say they're good enough to contend until they actually prove that they are good enough to beat that's the fair. best teams in this league. I won't believe it. I won't believe it. Last thing on this, Dan. Last week, I had talked about the narrative as it relates to surrounding this Chargers team. I almost feel embarrassed by saying that. While I don't fully believe that I was incorrect in saying the things about the mainstream media and how they perceive the Chargers, because right now, they're still laughing all the way to the bank. This was a perfect opportunity wasted for the Chargers to change that narrative. For the games that Dan and I were talking about earlier on this episode, Cleveland, Cincinnati, you remember those shootouts? Those were games that traditionally the Chargers had lost. They ended up winning those games. They ended up winning those games. This year, there's nothing that tells you that they can do that. And the whole narrative that is around the Chargers currently right now, whether you're a fan, whether you're a member of the mainstream media, the Chargers are responsible for that. They're responsible for it. And whatever part of this team that you want to pick apart, whether you want to be a you know, Justin Herbert hater, supporter, offense, defense, singling certain players out, however you want to do it, the Chargers are responsible for this narrative. From the top all the way down to the bottom, they are responsible for it. At what point does the narrative change or what changes need to be made in order for that narrative to be corrected. I don't know what that stands right now for the immediate future, nor do I know where that goes come the offseason, whether the Chargers make the playoffs or not. But the fact that this team has this much talent on it, and Dan, we have talked about it. There's, there's no, I don't think that anybody would disagree that the Chargers have a talented team. But the difference between them and the great teams is those intangibles that I said that were missing because talent only takes you so far in this league. If you cannot learn to put together complementary football on both sides on a consistent basis, coaching, game preparation, execution by the players, you're not going anywhere. And that's the unfortunate reality that the Los Angeles Chargers find themselves in. And the reality is, Jake and I aren't going anywhere. We're going to be here watching this train go down a track. And this is, it's going to be, uh, either way, the Chargers organization is going to make headlines at the end of the season. I've said it. All season long, starting basically since right after the Jacksonville loss. 
at the end of the year, this team's narrative will shift either in a great way or it will then shift to a new regime. At least that's what I would predict would happen if they don't get to the divisional round. And right now at four and five, it's looking bleak. Again, it's not over. You get to five and five, let's ride. I always said, I said three weeks ago, Chargers get to four and five, like, let's go. And they did it, but you can't help but just feel gutted after that type of performance. We'll see. We'll see. We didn't do a lot of like nitty gritty stuff in this one. This is a lot more high level, like where do we go from here episode? Because I don't necessarily think that some of that stuff matters right now. But the show goes on. We'll be back later in the week to talk all things Chargers versus Packers, Lambeau Field. It just sucks, man. It just sucks. And hey, I would love to sit here in two weeks after a Ravens victory, after Chargers victory over the Ravens, and be back on full tilt. That sounds fantastic. So far, lose two, win two, lose two. Win two. Hope at this point. No, that's not true. Win, lose two, win two, lose two. <laughs> win two. And now we're back to lose one. We'll see if the trend continues. If it does, four and six. If not, five and five. But we're here throughout. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends before we sulk our way out of here? Lick our wounds with some whiskey. Just have that whiskey ready for the last part of this season. <laughs> what way to end it? All right. Well, hey, uh, for Jake after Dan Wolfenstein, this is Charged Unleashed with LA Football Network. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next on Charged Unleashed.